Then you will truly be successful. Turn the page. And we know all things work together for the good. Turn the work together. The good. Turn the work together. Oh. And we know all things work together for the good. Turn the work together. The good to those who love God. He has a word on your lips. To those who are called. Meditate on your According to be his purpose, to do purpose. Purpose. it's his purpose, Ooh. not mine. And we know all things work together for the good. Together. The good. Together. And we know all things work together for the good. Hey everybody, welcome. It's day 15 of our 90 day challenge and I want you to give yourself in the chat, in the comments, a round of applause. I want you to also tell me how many days have you completed? Have you completed seven days? Have you completed two days? Have you completed 15 days? Whatever that number is, I want you to celebrate yourself and celebrate someone else because every day we wake up in the word of God, we are experiencing the light that the word brings. Psalm 119 and 105 is the reason I started these 90 day challenges in the first place. It says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And one day, having tripped over some things in a dark hotel room, I got the revelation that my life would be so much better if I would simply take a little time in the morning to turn on the light. If the word is a light and a lamp, then every day that I don't read it, I voluntarily walk out into the world in the dark. Having said that, let's go to the word of God today. We are in 2 Samuel, all right? We're in 2 Samuel, the 23rd chapter and the first verse. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. These are the last words of David, the inspired utterance of David, son of Jesse, the utterance of the man exalted by the Most High, the man anointed by the God of Jacob, the hero of Israel's songs. The Spirit of the Lord spoke through me. His word was on my tongue. The God of Israel spoke. The rock of Israel said to me, when one rules over people in righteousness, when he rules in the fear of God, he is like the light of morning at sunrise on a cloudless morning, like the brightness after rain that brings grass from the earth. If my house were not right with God, surely he would not have made with me an everlasting covenant arranged and secured in every part. Surely he would not bring to fruition my salvation and grant me every desire. But evil men are all to be cast aside like thorns, which are not gathered with the hand. Whoever touches thorns uses a tool of iron or the shaft of a spear. They are burned up where they lie. And that ends the reading of our Purpose and 66 text today. Again, the topic is your last words. In 2006, Matt Redman wrote a song titled Fearfully and wonderfully made. I suggest you add it to your list of songs to hear today. Not only do his lyrics encapsulate the purpose of this curriculum, but this song is a prayer 
that reminds each and every one of us why we are here. Here are some of its lyrics. So fearfully and wonderfully made, how could they say there is no God? Reminded every breath that I take, it's by your hand I have been formed. So what am I going to do with this life you gave me? What could I do but live for your praise? You gave me this breath and you gave me this strength and every day I'll live to obey you with all of my heart, with all of my soul. Let every breath I'm breathing display you, God. My favorite part of this song is the refrain, so what am I going to do with this life you gave me? For me, that question is not rhetorical. It is a reminder. It is an invitation. It is a call to worship and a call for purpose. That question challenges every visionary to be intentional about his or her life on a daily basis. And how we answer that question will tell us whether or not we take our life for granted. Is life a gift or a game? Is life a blessing or a burden? Your answer to the refrain of this song will determine how you see your life. I'll never forget in 2014, working in the office at Kingdom Church, now Change Church, and my pastor carved out time once a week to meet with us, his staff. And one day he asked us a question during our all staff meeting that I never forgot. How did you move the vision of this church forward this week? The question was intended to be a question for accountability. How did you move the vision of this church forward this week? It was a self-assessment to help us to find tangible evidence of our commitment to the church generally and our call specifically. How did you move the vision of this church forward this week? By asking that question, he challenged us not only to know our role, but also to know the vision of the house. Once we took into consideration both the vision and our responsibilities, then we needed to think about our day-to-day -day activities and answer honestly about how we had advanced, impacted, or actualized the vision of our church. Every time he asked this question, it made me concentrate. It made me focus on the main thing. It also rebuked me. Because I would sometimes think to myself, if I cannot readily answer this question, if I can't say, Pastor, this is what I did to move the vision forward this week, then am I doing nothing and calling it something? Have I wasted a day? Have I wasted their investment? I believe my pastor was absolutely right. If we cannot point to things we've done, then we've wasted a week. In a similar fashion, I wonder, if God is looking down from the balcony of heaven and asking us the same question today, imagine God calling an all staff with his worship teams, God calling an all staff with his CEOs, God calling an all staff with you, saying, I've given you this life for a reason. I've leased my breath into your body for a season. Now, what are you doing with this life I gave you? How have you moved my vision forward this week? Not their to-do list, but mine. How have you moved my dream forward this week? And if you don't know or if you have lived haphazardly through life, unaware of what you did and where you went, then in a sense, 
you're stealing God's breath. You're stealing God's exhale. If I am not adamant about moving God's vision forward, then I am getting compensated without doing the work. I am getting a check, even though I've been sleeping on the job. When we think about purpose this way, I think it will help us to move into action and become more productive. Listen again to the words of David, his last words written in 2 Samuel 23. These are the last words of David. The spirit of the Lord spoke through me. The God of Israel spoke. The rock of Israel spoke and said to me, when one rules over people in righteousness, when he rules in the fear of God, he is like the light of morning at sunrise on a cloudless morning, like the brightness after rain that brings grass from the earth. If my house were not right with God, surely he would not have made with me an everlasting covenant. When I compare David's last words to the last words of Jacob or Isaac or Saul, I see a difference. First of all, I typically don't even pay attention to the subheadings of scripture, but this one leapt out at me loudly. David's last words and his last words begin and end with God. David wants everybody to know that above all of my accomplishments, and I have many, and above all of my achievements, and I have many, above my faults and my failures, I have many. The spirit of the Lord spoke through me. In other words, God was here while I was here. This, my friends, is destiny. I haven't talked much about it yet, but I define destiny as the punctuation mark at the end of your life sentence. Does your life mean something? Some sentences end with periods. Most of them end with periods. That is a regular, mundane, mediocre life. Some sentences end with question marks. And I want to know at the end of your life, will people have more questions than answers? Will they not know who you were or what you did? Will they say that you lived your life as a multiple choice test and it was so difficult to figure you out that we are asking more questions now at the end of your life than we did in the beginning? Or does your life exclaim? Does the end of your life end with an exclamation point that declares to the world, I was here? Destiny. It's not so much the autobiographical work that you write about yourself. Destiny is more accurately the Wikipedia page that others write about you. What is interesting about a Wikipedia page is that people can edit the words written about a person to fit the truth of who they were. These are words that may not make it into your eulogy at a funeral because everyone wants to share good things at a funeral. But the Wikipedia page tells the world your true value, no filter, your true contribution, no filter, no platitudes, your real impact. Sometimes the information may be wrong, but I think there is something to be said about the perception you leave in the earth and the words people remember you by. What I love about David's last words is that despite all he went through as a child, as a king, as a human being, he found a reason to give thanks to God. His last words are poetry. They are beautiful reminders that brightness comes after the rain. Growth comes after the pain. So if life is difficult for you today, my friend, reach into that memory bank and find one reason to be glad. You were speeding last week and you didn't get a ticket. Be glad. You have migraines on a regular basis, but today you don't have one. Be glad. 
Your arthritis has given you a moment to recuperate. Be glad. You are one semester away from graduating. So if the money doesn't come, at least you are closer to the end than you were last year. You see, there's brightness after the rain. Be glad that your car didn't break down on the way to work. Be glad that God kept you sane after you lost a loved one. Be glad that your children are respectful. And if that is not the case, be glad that they are still alive to learn it. Find a reason to rejoice and be glad. The good news is God has allowed you to see another day. So again, I ask you, what are you going to do with this life God gave you? As a writer, I am always asked what the essentials are for writing a book. Authors call me all of the time to ask me for my recommendations on how to start their best-selling novel, journal, memoir, self-help book, you name it. And the first thing I tell them is to come up with five main ingredients. Like my grandmother's Thanksgiving meal, most of us know that Thanksgiving cannot happen without turkey. Thanksgiving cannot happen without dressing or stuffing, depending on which side of the tracks you grew up on. But my point is, the same way that every major dinner has essential dishes, your destiny has several essentials that have to be actualized before the Lord calls you home. There are always optional things you can do, but there are also things you must do. And I want you to focus today on the things you must do. In order to concentrate your focus, start with what you know you have to do. If I were writing an autobiography, for example, there are certain episodes of my life I must talk about. In the same way, create your last words today with that in mind. How do you want to be remembered? What message would you leave the world with if you knew you wouldn't be here next year? I know this may be a somber activity, but death is a reality. Life is a blade of grass and a vapor. We know for sure that someone could be here today and gone tomorrow. So take a moment to work on your last words. What message do you want? your life to leave in the world? What song do you want people to sing about you after you die? What seed do you desire to leave in the ground that helps someone to be a better version of themselves? I've been trusted by God to do something big. Ask yourself, what are the five essentials I need to focus on during this ephemeral life that God has trusted me to have? After you answer that question, then begin incrementally. Stop thinking long-term for just a second. Start with something you can control. If you can muster up enough courage to write your last words, you will be more intentional about living a life that means something. So our purpose project today is to do what David did. David wrote his last words. It wasn't long, but many people have been blessed by them. In fact, if you Google David's last words, you'll see a beautiful song that has been written by Randall Thompson that memorializes those words. I want you to take some time today to write your last words. What would you want people to remember about you? What would your message to the world be? Who would you want to speak to specifically? What words of wisdom would you leave in the earth if you were responsible to write your obituary? After you write these words, Share them with a trusted friend and use this as a framework to shift your life toward the direction of destiny. So in real time, we're going to be having something called pause on purpose. It's tomorrow. And I want us to come tomorrow on our pause 
on purpose Zoom call, sharing our last words. I cannot wait to hear what you write about the significance of your life. Let's pray. Father, Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, I pray that my life will mean something, that it will exclaim your glory and share with others that indeed all things work together for the good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you go, pay attention to this video. What do you want to be remembered for? I wanted people to say that I look pretty. I'm a nice person. I don't know. Well, I don't want to brag that they think I'm famous, but I do want them to think that I'm their friend. A very famous person. Like the richest person in the world. An actor and a singer. A successful businessman and actor. A good friend and sister and daughter. The next David Copperfield. As someone who changed the world or someone who made a big difference in a big way. Uh, someone who breaks out of the mold, who's the first at being something. I want to change the world. For always being me and not what somebody else wanted me to be. I would like to break down barriers for women. I don't really care. Somebody that brought a smile to other people's faces when I was alive. I think that's so important when you meet someone and it brightens your day. I, I like that. Mm, I want to be remembered as someone who's loving, caring, and uses her art form to give back to the community. For m making people laugh. Someone who had something to say. I'd like to be remembered as someone who completely altered the course of history. I want to be remembered for how hardworking I am. I work my butt off <laughs> every single day. Writing powerful songs. A hard worker, someone who cares about people and enjoys life. Probably that I just made an impact on the people that were, was, were close to me. Making a difference in the world of show business. Just making some contribution that people go, oh yeah, that wouldn't have happened without him. I want to be remembered for some kind of creative expression that I do. I would like to be remembered as fun and quirky and curious. The art that I've created, videos, music, stand-up. Being happy. Somebody who thought about others first and did my best to take care of people when I could. Making people laugh. That I was willing to help and inspire a lot of people what I do. Just being a good, God-fearing person. All around nice guy who would, you know, do things for, the, for, for you if you need help. I feel like men think more about leaving a legacy. They're all worried about dying. An Academy Award-winning actress, a Grammy Award-winning singer, and a Tony Award-winning uh, actress. Doing some kind of good in the world, some kind of change. For listening to my friends a lot and uh, just care, caring about other people. For being kind and intelligent. 
my heart and my mind. My integrity and how I treated others. My love and laughter and my presence and my contagious smile. That's what I like to say. I guess I want to be remembered for being a good mom. A good father. Being a good man. Being the kind of mother that the kids will take your call. My wit and sense of humor. A changing the world in some small way. That I, that I had brought in some indirect way goodness to the world. Being a good dad and a good husband. Or maybe helping other people out. I'm a professor of mathematics right now. I've taught for 25 years. If you put all of my students, if you added up all my students you, and, and invited them, I could fill up Madison Square Garden with all my students. That's my legacy. Being someone that you could count on and someone who was reliable and a, and a good person to know. The undying love I have for my friends. A decent human being, probably. A good person. He was a good man. Helping others. Having made a, a difference in someone's life. A good mother, a good grandmother, a hard worker, and a good example for people working past 65. Being a kind person. A person that uh, helped uh, uh, other people and uh, was kind. Being a decent, honest person. Good guy. Uh, a loving father and husband. For being fun, for living every day, for pursuing my goals, for being who I am. That I made an impact on someone's life, that I, that I gave good advice, that I accepted good advice. Kind and helpful.